This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. I'm Liz Gill, and I'm with the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, ASC certified. And we've got our mechanic buddy, Q Moore from OnQ Custom, with us also. Hello, Allison. Hey, Q. Hey, how's it going, Liz? I'm doing great. I'm glad to have both of you with us. Today, uh, let's talk about OEM parts and aftermarket parts, but we'll just do that between our vehicle phone calls, our repair questions, our emails. Allison, tell us when uh, it's better to use an OEM part or or, uh, how how do you know when you should use an OEM part or an aftermarket part? Well, let's say it's a critical part on your vehicle and it makes it run or drive. It's, say, for instance, a fuel pump. You want to go with original equipment on something like that. Um, Let's say it's uh, a, a critical component to your to your engine um, you want to go with an original equipment part if you can and on aftermarket parts on something like say suspension which is not critical and the chance of failure is very low you can go with aftermarket parts which a lot of aftermarket parts for suspension components are beefed up and made better than the original equipment so that's basically your line of thinking when you're making that decision or your mechanic makes that decision on whether or not to get original equipment. Is it a critical part to the running and driving of the vehicle? And, and you know, you, you want to go with the, the, what the manufacturer recommended. Um, one thing that is good to go with is the timing belts on cars is to go with original equipment manufacturer on that and what you can do is find out what brand it is and then you can generally get that anywhere you don't particularly have to go to a dealership to get original equipment parts you can source it at auto parts store or online stores like rock auto but you want to make sure the brand name is the original equipment name that they used at the manufacturer for instance asin timing belts you can get those in other places besides the, the dealership and save yourself some money, but yet you still have the same brand that your car came with. So that's kind of a general idea of how to judge whether to get original equipment or go with an aftermarket part. Okay, so this is interesting. Let me tell you back what I heard you say, and you tell me if it's right. Okay. Now... So I have a Dodge vehicle. Now, sometimes Dodge actually makes the parts, and I would get a Dodge part. But sometimes Dodge uses a brand Z, and so you could go to somewhere other than the dealer to buy brand Z because that's what Dodge uses originally. Is that what you're saying? Yes, that's that's right. Okay. Well, you know, Dodge, I guess, is an original equipment manufacturer, Toyota, uh, Ford. Tell us some, are there name, are there name brands for aftermarket parts? Just give us a, a general idea of 
Can, what 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 is the name of an aftermarket part? I'll give you an example. For instance, um, I'm working on the Honda Ridgeline right now, and I'm doing a timing belt job on it. They used a belt made from ASIN products. That's spelled A-I-S-I-N. ASIN belt on the vehicle. They have aftermarket parts called uh, Gates makes a lot of belts, and um, and that's an, another option. But you'd want to go with the ASIN if possible, and it's going to be a better belt than the aftermarket belt. And so, where do you remind us where you can get an OEM part if uh, if if you're not sure if you know the that actually is made there or if it's made by a, a different party? Well, you need to request that it be original equipment. You can ask when you go to the parts store. Say, is this the original equipment that came on the vehicle? And and they should be able to tell you whether it's the original equipment, the same brand, or is this an aftermarket replacement for the manufacturer's recommended part? Um, for instance, let's say spark plugs. You can get original equipment spark plugs at the auto parts store, and and there be the name brand. There'll be the one that came in the vehicle, and you request that original equipment spark plugs that came with the vehicle they have aftermarket ones and you can choose to go with those but i would recommend going with the original equipment and that that's um kind of gives you an idea of what you can get from the auto parts store and how you would request it you do want to ask for original equipment on everything and at least do the do the math and see what the difference is in price on some things it's critical to go with original equipment. For instance, fuel pump. I have seen people put aftermarket fuel pumps in their vehicle and they not work. I think Q had a situation with that recently, and I've had a customer that had had that happen. Instead of putting the Delphi brand fuel pump in their vehicle, which Delphi makes a lot of fuel pumps for a lot of different manufacturers, they put in, I believe it was called a, a precision power fuel pump and it went out within three months and so some components are critical your mechanic should be knowledgeable enough to know the difference on which things are critical and which aren't but i mean sometimes the price difference is huge and you choose to go with that lower part and you may get lucky and it works but sometimes you have to go with that higher price Sometimes the price is not a big difference, and of course, then you definitely want to go with the original equipment, unless you know for sure the aftermarket part is a better product. And sometimes the aftermarket parts are better, but for the most part, they're not. Okay, so so what you're saying is, if I have a uh, um, a Honda, or if I have a Chrysler, I don't necessarily have to go to the dealer's parts department to get a part. I could go to a online store, or I could go into uh, Advanced Auto or O'Reilly's or someplace like that, and set and ask them for the original equipment, and they may have it also. 
That's right. And they may have it in stock or they may have to order it, but they usually have access to getting original equipment parts somehow. So so you are you do not have to go to a dealership to get original equipment. Some things you do, but most things you can get at a regular auto parts store or online auto parts store. We're going to have more OEM versus aftermarket parts talk between your phone calls. Hey, send us your emails, auto at mpbonline.org. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Rachel Martin with NPR's Morning Edition. People have stories about their car, that long summertime family road trip, that hand-me-down first car they got when they turned 16, the first car they bought on their own. And cars can generate other kinds of stories, like the kind you hear on this station. When you donate a vehicle to this station, the proceeds bring you stories from around the world. Here's how to get started. Donate your car, motorcycle, boat, or RV by going to mpbonline.org. Hi, I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, Professor of Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center and host of Southern Remedies Relatively Speaking. Join us as we explore issues that relate to you and your family, from mental health obstacles and family interactions to handling life disruptions. Whatever the issue, let's try to figure it out together. You can listen live Tuesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. You're listening to AutoCorrect with Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic. I'm Liz Gill, and we've got mechanic Q Moore here with us also. If you want even more autocorrect, I hope you'll find our podcasts on all podcasting platforms for your smart device. We're going to talk about some of the recalls that are going on uh, this week. We want to make sure everyone, you know, pays attention to these. You should get a notification if the dealership or the manufacturer knows that you own your specific vehicle, then they do send out emails or letters to let you know if there is a recall with your car but you can also find them out here there are recalls for the 2020 and 2021 genesis g7 kia and the kia stinger dealers will inspect and repair the fuel pump assembly jet nozzle for free that seems pretty important the 2017 2020 honda ridgeline dealers will install tethers to any honda genuine accessory tono cover 
to prevent panel separation and apply warning labels. Additionally, an updated accessory user's information manual will be provided. Both of those are done for free. The 2020 Ford Mustang dealers will replace the brake pedal bracket assembly for free. The 2020 Ford Expedition dealers will replace the seat belt buckle for free. The 2020 Nissan Altima, the Leaf and the Maxima, their recall is that uh, dealers will replace the back window glass for free. The 2019 Ford Super Duty. Dealers will inspect the front axle wheel yoke wheeled location. That's a mouthful. If the wheel, if the if the weld, yoke weld, okay, if the weld is found to be inaccurately located, the axle assembly will be replaced for free. The 2020-2021 Land Rover Range Rover Sport dealers will apply the correct labels and update the instrument cluster software, respectively, for free. And here you go. This is going to affect a lot of folks. This has been on the news. Approximately 620,000 model year 2020 Ford Edge, Escape, Expedition, and Explorer SUVs, Ford F-150s, Super Duty F-250s and F-350s, and Range Rover pickup trucks. Mustang Coupes, Transit Vehicles, and Lincoln Corsair and Nautilus SUVs. Man, I think that just about covers almost all the Ford family of vehicles from 2020. Dealers will replace the rear camera for free. All right, so if you didn't if you missed some of those recalls or if you want to find out if your particular call car has a recall, you can go to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration website, nhtsa.gov slash recall, and you can just put in your VIN number, or here's an easier way. If you download the Safer Car app that's from the NHTSA, then you'll be notified when there's a recall for your car's VIN number. Since we've already run through the recalls, let's go to the phone. We've got Edward. We've got Edward on the phone. Edward, thanks for calling in. What is your comment or question for Allison and Q? Thank you for y'all's show. I enjoy it. Ma'am, I got a problem. I hear you last week, y'all were talking about recall. I bought a new 99 Pathfinder. You know, it's been new. It's a 99 model. And I had several recalls on a strut on it. And I took it to three dealerships, and they never would fix it. Well, you know. I got papers on it. And I call, call, call. And I'm 71 years old. It's a good vehicle, but they never did fit that, that recall. Well, one thing I found uh, after we talked about those recalls, 
um, Edward, is that I think they said after 15 years that they're not going to fix it anymore. But um, you can also... Um, there's a if you've got someone and if you can get access to the internet, if you go to the nhtsa.gov, um, that uh, there's a place where you can contact them and you let them know which specific dealer would not let you uh, fix would not fix your recall. And they would uh, to to help with that. Here here's what uh, here's what we found out. If a dealer refuses to repair your vehicle in accordance with the recall letter, you should notify the manufacturer immediately. So that would be your Nissan. You can also file a complaint with NHTSA at their website safercar.gov that's just like the app safercar.gov and provide as many details as possible including the name of the dealership and any personnel involved um you know, uh, Allison I'm going to see what Q has to say because you know we talked about this a couple of weeks ago uh if if they won't fix it if it's you know if it's bad enough should edward fix it himself pay to get it fixed oh yeah so you would you know if they won't fix it you you know you're kind of out of options with that one we kind of talked about this last week i remember but yeah you 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 won't be able to um they they won't after 15 years like we said sometimes it's shorter than that it depends on if they want to extend it or not but if um, if it's past that, then they, you know, you have to find an independent or, you know, I, we recommend an independent. It would be a lot cheaper, but you might have to go to the dealership and bite the bullet on that one. Well, before we were 15 years, we got around trying to get it fixed before we were 15 years old. Well, okay, then- do you have any? Then, then, uh, yeah, uh, Edward, you need to contact Nissan, not not a dealership, but Nissan, and then specifically tell them which dealerships you went to, and you know, say that you talked to Jim Bob or Bobby Joe, and you know, that's who said they wouldn't fix it for you. And you know, maybe if you do decide to get it fixed yourself, always save your receipts, and maybe they'll reimburse you. Ma'am, I took it to that, and they put you on uh, hold like everything else, like you trying to get signed up for Social Security and go there. I called dealership every day, and then I filed through Better Bureau, all in. And then I think I called Attorney General and made a note. I said, if that vehicle have me raped with my grandyoungers on there, I want this on file. What about, have you called Nissan? Have you like tried to get a hold of their their corporate uh, uh, headquarters or something? Yeah, I called there first several times. I got the document. I called there several times. They won't do what they're supposed to do. I listen to y'all, but if they won't do what they're supposed to, do, something bad happens. 
Oh, my goodness. Uh, Edward, I am so sorry. I think I think we're out of options. Uh, I guess I know another time, sometimes if, if you've got someone who's uh, good on social media, a lot of times if you post a tweet or an Instagram or something and tag a dealership or tag Nissan, maybe that might get some attention. I, I just don't think there's anything we can can do to help you. I am so sorry. Uh, good luck, and you know we hope we get you get your recall fixed because they only recall it if there is a problem. We're going to go to uh, Marvin, who's called in from Purvis. Marvin, thank you so much for calling in to AutoCorrect. What's your comment or question for the show? Thank you for taking my call. I have a 1999 Blazer, and it's got about 300,000 miles. I replaced the transmission when it was about 150000 And the problem that I have is that is, uh, when I first use the car, it, will, it will, uh, will not go from first to second. It will take some time to, to shift. But once it's, it's warm, I don't have any problems. And Judy, you know haven't thought on that. I'm sorry? Man, that... That is a hard one um, because that could that's a, definitely an internal problem. Um, for it to warm, you know, he said it warms up before it starts to take off properly. Yeah, well, it takes probably. I wonder if it needs a fluid change, if that would help it shift better, just to do a simple drain and fill, not a flush. I never want to recommend a flush with a higher mileage vehicle. But, but a drain and fill on the fluid, which is regular maintenance on your car anyway, and see if, if, if that, that will help out. But, but this this leads into where we are been have been trying to find, Liz and I both have been trying to find a transmission specialist to have a show just on transmissions, which we may need to do regularly because transmissions cover so much area. But um, Q and I, neither one of us are transmission specialists. We know general things, but as far as true repair and diagnostics, we're we're not specialists in that area. So okay. we we're we're looking for someone. But um, if you want to email us that question, and we'll see if we can do some research and find out some more about that, and see if we can help you. Okay. Thank you. Marvin, our email address is auto at mpbonline.org. Auto at mpbonline.org. Let's go to Tanner. Tanner, thank you so much for calling in to AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question? Sure. So I've got a 2008 Dodge Grand Caravan. Hey, that's what I've got. Hey, cool. Well, I hope you don't have what I've got going on. I'm sure I do. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, it's really been a great vehicle for me. I still kind of miss my 96. It's cool. They've got the same engine, the 3 8 uh, pushrod V6. But It's a 3.3, three, three, isn't it? Or you said it's the 3 8 in the old caravan and in yours? Mine's a, mine's a 3 8 as well. I have the new okay, one. Okay, I've got a 3.3 uh, three in mine, I believe. Oh, okay. So, yeah, um, so um, it's been great, but I think the problem is, is that the old one only had four modules, and this one has, like, 20 computers in it. Um, and so what's happening is when I shut my vehicle off, um, it's still, it has a draw 
and it will drain my battery. Um, and sometimes it's as little as like an hour or two, it seems. And then other times I can forget to, uh, well, what I ended up doing is my dad's a mechanic and he couldn't figure out where the draw was coming from. So he put a kill switch in on the negative uh, battery terminal. Um, just like he would for his ambulances and fire trucks that he works on, uh, just because he couldn't figure it out. But uh, if I don't flip that switch, if I forget it all night, um, it'll definitely be dead. But I've had other times where I've forgotten it, and it's gone all night, and I've still barely been able to start. But like I said, you know, sometimes two hours, and it's done. So any idea why it'd be so random and what it might be from? Well, one way to find out where par parasitic draw is from is to drive your car and then turn it off, take a heat a temperature sensor reader, laser gun, and put it on the fuse box and go through each fuse and see which one is still hot or which one has the highest temperature. That circuit is still on. And it's pulling a parasitic drain, and then you would you would actually have to go to an electrical automotive specialist to have them track down where that is occurring or how that's occurring. If it's grounded in the in the computer, it could be grounded out in the computer, and the computer need replaced. It could be where two wires have gotten crossed and they're touching each other, and it's keeping it ground to power. Um, so that's a copper to copper short that could be happening somewhere in the system but I probably will guess that it's in the computer since it's a Dodge but that's one way to tell what I would do is take it to an electrical automotive specialist which are in pretty much every city and usually there's multiples of them but they do alternator starters and they do electrical automotive repair and they're plenty used to deal, dealing with parasitic drains. They'll have the schematics to be able to figure out that circuit and figure out where at the problem is occurring and try to get it fixed. Other than that, using that kill switch is about the only way to deal with it without going to lengths to figure out what, what's going on. I actually have a parasitic drain in my Dodge van, and I just disconnect the ne negative battery every time I, I turn it off. So, yeah, kill switch is the same concept. So that's what I recommend for that. Q, do you have any thoughts on that, or does that pretty much cover it? Yes, I think that pretty much covers it. It's um, because if you're not a shop, you wouldn't be familiar with a multimeter. And that's like the only other way you can find a, a draw. Yeah, is a the amp draw. draw. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. So you might not be familiar with that. So yeah, I just, yeah, I recommend to do exactly what you said. Okay. Um, so uh, like an infrared temperature sensor, um, would that uh, be the tool you'd use? You said something about a heat sensor on the fuse box. Really? Uh, well, um, and, and say that again on the, say that again. Uh, you said something about a heat sensor in the fuse box uh, as a preliminary um, you know, diagnostic thing. Uh, yeah. It's what a, kind of heat a, sensor? A, a temperature sensor. Same one they're using for the coronavirus to put on your head to test you. Just a, a heat gun or temperature gun. Uh -huh. And you put it on each fuse. Uh -huh. And whichever one is the hottest, that it's, it's still, it means it's still live and it shouldn't be unless it's one of the circuits that need to be on all the time. But it should, it'll be the hottest one will be the circuit. And it could be your windows. It could be your door locks. 
it, it, mm. it, on mine, I believe it's the door lock circuit that also affects my blower motor and my windows going up and down. And mm. uh, so that circuit on mine is messing up. So I can either pull that fuse or disconnect the negative battery cable. So I just disconnect the, the battery cable. But that's one way to find a parasitic drain. Another way is to use a multi-tester, and you would put it on the amp setting between the power, the positive terminal cable, and the positive battery cable, and see which one is pulling. But you, 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 you'd have to be familiar with using a multi-tester for that. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That might be a little above my pay grade. Uh, I, I actually, uh, it's, it's funny, uh, you mentioned the uh, negative terminal disconnect. I was doing that before my dad put the kill switch in, um, but I got tired of having to undo the canoe on my roof to open up the hood all the way. And so oh, yeah. Kind of a every time I got home, just popping the hood, you know, it'd be fine if, you know, I'd keep a little quarter-inch drive ratchet in the door, but uh, it's not as easy when the boat's up there. I, I've actually, I was listening to this program. I was listening to uh, Creature Comforts. My boss was on there from Quapaw Canoe Company, and I just happened to keep listening. I was like, oh, cool, I've got a car problem. But thank you very much, though. I appreciate the leads, and uh, I'll try some of that out later, actually. We're going to work on it this evening. Okay, sounds good. Let us know how it goes. Will do. Thank you very much, and uh, y'all take care and have a good one. Thank you so much, Tanner. Our email address where you can send questions is auto at mpbonline.org. What are OEM parts? We're going to be talking more about your car repair and questions next. What is an unreliable car not to buy? We're going to get to that in a bit. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. No matter if you use an app to start your car or still have a flip phone, Everyday Tech can decipher today's technology for tomorrow's solutions. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or the MPB public media app. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Allison Walker is the lady auto mechanic and our expert. I'm Liz Gill. We've also got Mechanic Q Moore with us. I hope you've downloaded our app for your smartphone. It's the MPB Public Media app. So in addition to listening to our show on the MPB Public Media app, you could click on the support button and make a contribution because contributions really help keep our programs on the air for you, but also for others to enjoy. Thank you so much for your contributions to Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Consumer Reports has given the Never Buy label to 30 used cars, and today we're going to caution you about the PT Cruiser. 
over the three years between 2006 and 2008, they said a PT Cruiser was a terrible choice if you wanted a reliable rule. As a rule, Chrysler Group vehicles of the pre-recession area should be carefully inspected before you buy one. So please consider reading up on the reliability of this car before purchasing it as a used car, suggests Consumer Reports. Carcomplaints.com is another resource for unreliable car lists. And if you're interested in reviews of new cars, Casey Williams is the automotive correspondent for WFYI, a public radio station in Indianapolis. His reviewed cars and covered the auto industry for over 25 years. His review this week is the 2020 Chevy Corvette. Allison, I haven't watched that one yet. You can also watch it on his YouTube channel. That's at Auto Casey. Uh, but that uh, Chevy Corvette, that's the that's the fancy, pantsy one, right? <laughs> well, they went from having the engine in the front of the car, which is how the vets have been made forever and the, the only way they were made until recently where they put the engine in the middle of the car and made it a mid-engine Corvette, which for me, I didn't like that. I would like them to have kept the Corvette and made a different car that had a mid-engine and maybe where it can truly go up against the Pagani's and Bugatti's and maybe make the price a lot higher and keep the Corvette with the front engine and the setup it has at the price point that it is because Corvettes are, are cheap, cheap power for what you get. Oh, but this one's cute. It's got a little it front cute. trunk and a back <laughs> trunk. It's very cute. I like the way you put that. Well, we've got we've been talking about OEM parts and taking your email questions. Uh, our address is auto at mpbonline.org. You can also give us a call, 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. I think one of my favorite people has called in, and he knows everything about everything. Roger, what have you got for us? Almost nothing about anything. (laughs) Delight to hear a fellow canoe person. Uh, on your program. I, I just added to my bucket list, which literally is a plastic bucket hanging in my kitchen into which I put notes that I'm going to do so-and-so, and I'm going to go on the Mississippi River in my old, 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 old Grumman canoe one of these days. I'm calling in because I'm a mediator for the Federal Business Bureau. I mean, an arbitrator, excuse me, arbitration where you make a decision for parties that agree to an arbitrator. They have a program, and Nissan participates, as, as some of you know, in a program uh, called AutoLine, and a person with a complaint can file a complaint, I think it's called something else, with the Federal Business Bureau in Mississippi or anywhere, and Nissan will respond. And if they can't, if they don't think they should have to correct a situation, then they'll, they'll, it'll go to an arbitrator. The arbitrator will hear the evidence and hear the consumer, look at the car if there is a car to look at, and all that. I recommend that that person, I don't know if he's still listening, but anybody who has a problem and can't get it corrected by a local dealer, and that happens every now and then for various reasons, go to the Better Business Bureau and ask 
to file a consumer complaint uh, against the manufacturer and skip over the dealer who's giving you trouble. That's my message. Oh, I love that. That's great. I didn't know to do that at all, so that's a great tip. Well, I hope— I can, I can mention some other manufacturers that participate. I don't know if that's appropriate for this, but— all the major manufacturers, uh, you, you name one, and, and it's they participate, and of course they want to because they don't want to they don't want to litigate these things, and they don't want to have to pay attorneys to. Uh, although sometimes attorneys are involved. Anyway, I, I, I do some mediation too. That's where you try to settle something. But, well, Roger, we uh, thank you so much for calling in about that. I think Edward had mentioned he'd called the Better Business Bureau, but, you know, there's calling and complaining, and then there's actually, you know, going the, the last mile to actually filing the consumer complaint. So, uh, Edward, if you're listening, Roger is a, is a mediator that works with the Better Business Bureau that works in conjunction with the Better Business Bureau. And uh, Roger suggested you file a consumer complaint against the manufacturer, and then Nissan will respond. And if they do not fix it, then they will go to arbitration. So, Edward, I hope you can get your recalls fixed on your Pathfinder. And uh, if that gal who we had, oh gosh, three weeks ago, who also didn't get her recalls fixed, I hope she tries the Better Business Bureau also. Let's go to Eddie in Biloxi. Eddie, what's your comment or question for AutoCorrect today? Well, I have a 1973 Chevy GMC Sonoma. When I first bought the car, the truck, the dash lights wouldn't come on. And so my bro- I told my brother that. You know what he did? He, uh, he went into the fuse box and done something with the fuse box where the lights, where the dash lights would come on. Could that, That's hurt awesome. the, could that hurt the computer? No, not at all. It sounds like you just blew a fuse, which was my first thought when you said that the dash lights weren't working. There was probably something else not working, too. They usually run them on uh, multiple circuits with other things. But that was my first thought, to go into the fuse box and, and check it and see um, if it's blown a fuse. So it sounds like you got it fixed and you're good to go. Well, we checked all the fuses. It was all good. And so he, he um, bypassed something else. Uh, hooked the wire when uh, the dash lights would come on. When you turn the key on, it, it would only come on when you had the key on. Daytime or night? It's, well, I'm not real sure. Kid, do you have a thoughts on that, or do you think it would hurt anything to have it running like that? Uh, it doesn't sound like it would hurt anything, but I'm not real sure. Um, that the year on that? Did you say it was a uh, 70, 70, 70 model? 93 model. 93 model. Oh, not, okay. Well, um, only as long as it was bypassed, because if it was a problem in the system, 
that it could, but it would heat up and it would, if, as long as you put a fuse on it as well and bypass the original uh, spot where, where it ran, the original fuse, I'm sure that you can tell in the, um, on the um, paperwork or your, um, on your uh, owner's manual. It will let you know all of what it does control. And, but you would have to bypass that fuse with another fuse, because if you left it in the same circuit and something was wrong, then you, you run a chance of, um, of a short happening, you know? So that that's the only thing that I would say, you wanna make sure that you have a fuse in between that and you bypass the, the original way it was already hooked up so you wouldn't have a short and have a, um, uh, an, um, a future problem. All right, Eddie. Well, thank you so much for calling in. We appreciate you. We've been discussing OEM parts and taking your repair questions. You can also send us an email, auto at mpbonline.org. What's in the news? I have found some secret advice to use when buying a car. I'm going to tell you what it is next. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Hello, I'm Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advising firm and co-host of Money Talks. For over 10 years, Money Talks has been answering your personal financial questions and sharing knowledge about money management. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. This is AutoCorrect. If you've missed any of our live program, you can listen to the whole show at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. My sister lives in Texas, and the Texas State Fair is a drive-through fair. You make an appointment, you have a, a, a specific time, and then you can drive through, and you have to place an order. It's just food. It's just the fair food, but you make an appointment. But even with the appointments, the lines were so long, people ran out of gas at the fair and I don't know what they did you know maybe somebody was standing by with the tow truck or something but she said it was just hilarious all I for, see an opportunity for a business there oh yeah food place it's nothing but fair food oh yeah well all all of that for fried uh, Oreos <laughs> it's worth it all of that for the fried Oreos I'm Liz Gill. I'm with the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, ASE certified, and we've got mechanic Q Moore from OnQ Customs with us, too. So this is in the news. I thought this was, I loved this because it's honest and straight, straight shooter. When you go to buy a car at a dealership, when you speak to the finance department, if they try to sell you something and you know you're not interested, one of the extra packages, as soon as the pitch happens, you say, no thanks, I'm not interested. If the finance manager tries to tell, sell you something a second time, then you say, 
I don't mean to interrupt you, but I'm only interested in buying the car and not any other products. If you can move through the paperwork quickly and get me out of here, I'll give you a good score on your survey. Allison, you used to work at a dealership. Aren't those those surveys, they want a 10 out of 10, don't they? Oh, it was a big, big deal, and um, and I'm proud to say I, I nailed it, and they were really proud of me. I had actually had Jack Herring come speak to me personally and say he was amazed at my surveys. But, um, yeah, the survey is a big, big deal to get a good survey so that so people know out there that's when you're when you're dealing with the dealership let them know <laughs> that you're going to be answering the survey that you receive and that will probably make them uh act right if they're if they're not doing right yeah quickly so i thought that was very interesting okay allison we've got about two minutes left about the oem parts um what about if you're in a collision do you know can you ask for OEM parts during the repair? Yes, you can, but I am not real sure how your insurance would handle and deal with that. I don't know if you can request it through your insurance or not. Do you do you, do you have any idea if you can if your insurance will actually allow you to do original equipment manufacturer parts? Um, I, I think they will. Um, normally, when uh, we've dealt with, with something like that, they normally don't ask too, too many questions on the insurance part. It's normally about the customer and what he wants. Um, so you just, you know, if you spe- specify what you want, then they have to abide by that. Okay. Ah, that's a good explanation. Now, what about warranties? If you if you get a, a original equipment manufacturer part, does it come with a warranty for the part? Yes, they do. Um, basically, pretty much all parts have a warranty of some sort on it. Most of them have a lifetime warranty, but pretty much all of them have a warranty of some sort. You'd have to check it when you get the part. For, for different parts, it's, it's different lengths of time. Okay, so even the aftermarket parts would have some kind of warranty? Yes, aftermarket parts have warranties on them, and it varies by product, but a lot of them do have lifetime warranties on them. Some of the motorized stuff may be limited to a year average is what I see for aftermarket parts, but for for the most part, they all have warranties. They, they, they all have them. All right. We're in the last minute of the show. Remind us when it's a good idea to get the OEM parts and uh, uh, when when do you really need to look for an OEM part? If it's a critical component to your car that makes it run and drive, that i.e. anything on the engine or anything in your transmission, you want to go with the original equipment parts on that. If it's on the suspension, like struts, you can go aftermarket. That's not a critical component. If it goes out, it's not going to cause a problem. And um, usually the aftermarket parts for those are even better than the original equipment. So that's a general idea of, of how you should look at when to buy original equipment parts and when to buy aftermarket. Man. Q, thank you. Thanks for being there and chiming in. Oh, no problem. It's no problem at all. That's going to wrap us up for AutoCorrect. We're going to thank Jay White and for Michelle McAdoo. They have done their wizardry to get our show on the air. 
And for Allison Walker, who you can follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as the Lady Auto Mechanic, Q's at On Q Custom. We have links to Automotive Group and all of their Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twittery stuff. I'm Liz Gill. We hope you'll join us each Thursday for AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.